Are you alone in your room feeling melancholy, needing something to cheer you up or to make you feel heard? You're listening to the That's Frank podcast. Welcome back to another installment of the That's Rank podcast. I'm Liam, here with my compadre. Bob. Bob's Bob. Bob's Bob. And when you say welcome back, Liam, yes. I'm glad, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to link this to the theme, I'm glad that's words, two words that I'll never have to hear in the context of high school. Welcome back. Welcome back. I mean, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a hot minute. And good riddance to that. But that is what we're talking about today, are <laughs> we not? Well, it is. Well, in, in a certain aspect, yes, we are. <laughs> but I want to delve into that a little bit. So high school, not a good time for you, apparently. Is it a good time for anybody? It had its moments. Yeah. It had yeah, its moments. Yeah. Like, it's pretty awkward. It, oh, well, it depends who you are. I think if you're in that cool group, then high school is not that awkward because you kind of ride that wave of like confidence and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, but you're still going through adolescence. So That's I think true. a large percentage of, of the cool group, even though they're cool, um, would still be going through awkward acne stage, puberty, the whole shebang, you know, all the weird random moments that, that, that accompany um, growing into an adult. They were just very good at hiding their uh, insecurities. Yes, or just yes. taking out their insecurities on smaller, weaker think. people. That's right. Yeah. And maybe, you know, in high school, you know, if American movies have taught me anything, mm-hmm. it's that high school is the greatest time of some people's lives. Some people. And if not, then it's the time to find yourself through friendship. That's right. And <laughs> music. And music. That is correct. That's correct. <laughs> so tonight we're going to be kind of... Tonight we're going to be <laughs> talking about high school. Tonight we're going to be talking about our favourite albums that got us through... The really difficult times of high school. <laughs> so, yeah, so tonight we're going to be ranking those. So what was high school like for you, then? High school was okay for me. Like, mm-hmm. the, the first, the, the formative years were tough. Mm-hmm. Year eight, year nine, year ten, mm-hmm. really terrible. Mm-hmm. Partly because of my awkwardness and my mm-hmm. lack of confidence. Partly because I sought attention through doing some stupid things. Like, I remember one time I pretended like, um, like I was talking to one of the cool kids. I was starting to make inroads into a, into a certain group. And then I was talking to him on the phone and then pretended like I was getting, uh, my house was getting burgled. Right. I was like, ah, and then hung up the phone. And they were really worried about me and I was fine. (laughs) (laughs) So you were getting awkward talking to one of the cool kids. Yeah. And you looked for the the easiest way out of that scenario, which was to explain that your house had been robbed. Yeah. And and then you decided to jump ship. Well, maybe that's what it was. Because at the time I was thinking more of a a cool story I could tell people the next Mm. day to kind of fill in that coolness because that's what I assumed that cool kids would do. Ah, yes. Cool kids would get burgled all the time. Yep. And so I I try to fill in that kind of void and try to make this story so that next day I can go and be like, oh, you guys wouldn't believe what happened last night. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I backed out of that real quick and just confessed that I was lying before I even got to any of the cool stories, mm. and uh, I lost my lost my chance with the cool kids. That was your ten. I mean, but here's the thing, though: mm. the people that I've now known, the, the projections that I've seen, the tracking that I've done of, of of people post high school. Yeah, it's actually that the kids that that were in the cool group, yeah, kind of didn't turn out 
that good. No, that's fair. And the kids that weren't in the cool group actually turned out a hell of a lot, a lot more interesting. I mean, what is the cool group anyway? So it's the biggest group, basically. Well, I think it's also formed by like what you're saying before about the movies and stuff like that. It's mm. kind of formed by that. I reckon it there's is. this kind of this idea of the alpha that has to kind of rise up, and mm. everyone, all the girls want to be with him, and all the guys are scared of him, and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and the same for the girls as well. And look, has there ever been a high school movie made about that? About kids ostracised? I'm sure there must be. (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen a film about the awkward side characters of high school, all the different identities coming together. I mean, aside from every single high school film (laughs) ever made, which goes to say that it is a coming of, it's a very, you know, it's a finding yourself, it's coming of age. So much of that is through identity. Yeah. And I, I often think about the fact that I look at young people and I look at how much things like fashion and music mm. taste and film taste and all those things define an individual. Sure. And how important they are to you when you're in high school. Yeah. Like when you're in high school, the bands that you're into, the music that you're, that you're into, it's not just an interest. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's your identity. And I think looking at the ones that I've got on my, my little list here, mm. there are some that I maybe wouldn't make public to a lot of the people who I went to school with because mm. they were more personal to me. Mariah Carey, Celine Dion. Well, I mean, the those Titanic were, soundtrack. Look, those were all honourable mentions. <laughs> also, Titanic's uh, soundtrack was actually before I was in high school. So oh, really? I'm sorry to say. No, I'm, I'm unfortunately not not for myself. <laughs> Liam. Not Neither. for myself. Well, I was close. Ninety-seven mm. was my last year of primary school, so was it? it wasn't too far off. Not too far. But looking back at it, I think a lot of mine, a lot of my list, kind of comes from the later years of my high school. I, I will admit. Uh-huh. I think mostly because that's what I kind of picture as my better years of high school. Yep. So year 10, year 11, year 12. Yeah. Once I lost a bit of weight, I got into the first five basketball team. Yep. And that's one trope about those American movies. It's kind of true. What's that? You make the top sports team, you kind of get a, you get a bit in. of cool. Oh, you know? So you got cool when you made the basketball team. I didn't say that. As okay. I was before. Yeah, somewhat accepted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, somewhat, accepted. somewhat accepted. But I definitely became more accepted as the years went on. Yeah. I think 8, 9 was the most awkward and then 10, 11, 12 was a gradual progression to being yeah. a bit more, everyone's just doing their own thing. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what it is. People grow up. Like yeah. in high school you're seeing people grow up. Some people. Some people. Definitely not all people. Not all people. Looking back at it though, like I think, and this was actually a really fun rank to do for me mm. is because I realised that there are albums from those times that I look back on now and I still listen to the whole thing, the mm. whole album. Truth be told, I forgot they were from my mm. those years. Mm. I thought they were from like much later. Mm. But going back, I was like, oh, well, that's where that, that's why I remember them so fondly mm. is because those like later years of high school, when you're when you are forming from a young man into a younger man, <laughs> or a young or a young <laughs> woman into a woman, as it were. Yeah, you know these things stick with you. So, then, without any further ado. Mm. Let's get started. What's your number three? Oh, any honourable mentions? I, I, can't, I can't believe. I, th- I feel like we've rushed into this. We've got to go through all the things. We have to do our, our plugs. What about all our, our socials? Oh, that's true. We haven't actually done any of the social plugs or anything no, like that. No, So we want you guys to get involved. That's yep. Ranked Pod at all the things. Twitter, mm. Instagram, mm. Gmail. We got them all. And particularly, you know, the whole DM capacity on, on, on Twitter and, and mm. the Insta. Not even DMing. Just, you know, we're posting a few things now. Yeah. Jump on there, comment, like, subscribe. retweet, That's share, right. subscribe. Help us out because we're trying to get the word out there for the podcast. We are. We are. We'd like to, we'd like to sp- uh, spread the word of this little fun little, yeah. this fun hour. That's right. And we need you. We need you. We need you. More than you think. Yeah. Yep. We're courting you. Yes. 
Um, like the the hot girl in, in Year 10. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but no, actually not like the hot girl in Year 10 because the hot girl in Year 10 we'd never actually caught. We'd just sit around and, 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 and have a secret crush on it. Yeah, looked at, looked at from approach. the bushes, yeah. Looked at, not from the bushes, just from afar, Liam. I went to an old boys' school, man. We, oh, yeah, we, we, we didn't have girls, so I didn't know what to do. <laughs> what was that like? I mean... Is that, is that healthy? Do you think in hindsight it's a healthy thing? Looking back, no. Like, mm. I think looking back at some of my other friends who went to... Co-ed schools. Co-ed schools. Yep. They seem to have a much more healthy relationship with the other gender yeah. uh, much earlier than I did. Yes. Because, like, at, at the end of the day, it's like you're surrounded by people who are making those same kind of re- relationships with... Yeah. The opposite gender. You're not yeah. around them all the time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it had, it had its it had its perks, but it had its um had its downs as well. I mean, I find it I find it a bizarre idea. Yeah, and I still don't fully comprehend why it still exists. Yeah, I'm not too sure either. Um, I think that's that tradition. For some reason, I could imagine having a daughter and being more in support of it, having a daughter than having a son. I think that's interesting. Though. Throwing a bunch of but it's kind of interesting. Throwing a bunch of boys together, teenage boys together, mm. just seems like. Kind of icky. Mm. I just feel like if I go into an all boys school, I'd feel like I'd need, you know, pre COVID, was that need to be hand sanitizer on most things? Oh, the, it's a disgusting place to be. <laughs> That's not even a question. <laughs> That's not even a question. I mean, and it's because yeah. it, boys around boys are going to be boys, right? Yeah. And let's, I won't go into too many stories because I could, no, I've, got, I've, I've got a few. Yeah. And I, I'm sure if you go back to my, my dad went to the same school mm-hmm. and I'm sure he's got much worse stories because back in the, say 70s when he was there mm. probably even less care in the world about what they were doing to each other back then well look i went to a co-ed school yeah i would also not necessarily promote my particular high school experience or school as in any way <laughs> shape or form any better or more progressive or in any way sure it was still pretty messy and complicated pretty weird maybe we've discovered something here Maybe it's just the teenage years. Maybe. I think the teenage weirds, are, uh, teenage weirds, that, that works too. The teenage years are just an <laughs> awkward, awkward, awkward time. And right now, I'm working with with teenagers. I'm working okay. with people in adolescence, and I can attest to the fact that it's a very awkward time. Yeah, it's a very strange time. I'm glad, and technology is going to factor into one of my one of my lists, one of my ranks. Yeah. I'm glad that I grew up when I did. I'm glad that I grew up when I was a mm. teenager before social media, oh, before God. phones. Man, seriously. And before the internet. It's not even a question. Mm. Like, I, I feel for a lot of the kids coming up now because that's just going to be an extra layer of, of, of shit they have to deal with. Mm. That it's mm. just not necessarily fair yeah. or healthy or yeah. Yeah. any of that stuff. Like, because it's not true, half of the stuff. No. And look at adults, fully grown adults that can't really self-moderate their phone usage or their social media usage. Imagine being a, a teenager and mm. being bombarded. I went on TikTok. I tried out TikTok. Have you ever used TikTok? Absolutely not. It is horrifying really? how addictive TikTok is. Oh, really? <laughs> like you can see just how they designed this program just yeah. to really suck you in. Wow. Like when you look at TikTok, you just sit there and you can just go video, 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 video. And it's so hard to break that cycle. Yeah. Like there's no gap in between. You go from one video straight to the next, straight to the next, straight to the next, straight to the next. And then we sit there like, oh, okay. And, and you just get caught in. I think I had TikTok just for like a week. And I was like, God, get this thing. This is horrible. Because you were going down the rabbit hole. You just got sucked into the rabbit hole. Wow. And, and that's the thing about these applications. They've been designed. There's billions of dollars have gone into designing them so they're as addictive as possible. Sure. You know, they're designed to do that. So how, how do you reckon these kids learn nowadays at high school when they've got that kind of that, that, that distraction over here that's always there and they always want to be on it and they always want to take it away? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I mean, did we, I mean how does anyone ever learn in high school? Here's, a, here's an interesting uh, 
tidbit for you there. Yeah. And look, this is I, I picked up this piece of information before, like back in the day, before the internet made all information that we gather questionable. Sure. Um, and, and now that I think back at it, I'm pretty sure I just watched a documentary and I saw this. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's a fact. Yes. But I've still, but I think there is something to it because I think effectively our what, what this documentary was arguing is that when you're a teenager. You know, going back to the the prehistoric days, which is where most of our our, inst- our systems have kind of been programmed. We've been programmed to survive in the wild. Yeah, that's why we have fight or flight, and that's why anxiety and stress is a thing. That's sure, why we sure. physically react to those things. Yeah, this argued that adolescents were traditionally the people that would watch the village at night. Okay, so adolescents produce melatonin and a different circadian rhythm to children and or adults. Okay. What this study proposed is that adolescents would naturally stay up later okay. and naturally sleep later. Oh. And I thought that was quite interesting yeah. because our education system was designed around the, the working hours of the Industrial Revolution the nine to five. and the 40-hour work week. Yeah. So it was designed around the needs of the parents and the adults and not the children. So in these critical edu- years of education, we force adolescents to study through while exhausted. Yeah, because we're we're basically forcing them to be at, at school at eight thirty. Mm-hmm. So their prime hours are eight thirty to three thirty. When naturally their prime hours are probably more like eleven thirty to six thirty. And that's why sometimes you just need that music to get you going in the morning. That's right. On the bus to school. That's right. To get fired up for a day of learning. Or when you go home and you want to like wilter away in a dark room <laughs> and <laughs> listen to Radiohead. We've posted. We've we've, we've uh, promoted. Yes, socials. We want people to get in touch. We have. Let's now, move on to our honourable mentions. So, honourable mentions. So, this is music that got us through our high school years. Music that got us through our high school years. Mm-hmm. So, I actually have, I'm going to be cheeky, I have four. Honourable mentions. Yeah, I got four. Right. Only because I had I had a top five and I thought, well, I'll have to narrow this down. So, I'll go through these really quickly. Tattoo. Uh-huh. 200 kilometers now in the wrong lane. Tattoo. Yeah, that got me. That, that was that was my my kind of horny adolescent days. What's tattoo again? That was the Russian. The Russian. The two Russian chicks. Sing it know. for me. All the things you said. All the things you said running through my head. That right. One, that one. Right. Yeah, that one. So I got their album and listened to the whole thing, and it's actually quite catchy. A lot of it. I went yeah. back and listened to it the other day, and I was like, well, it's bad, but it was it was catchy. It was catchy, but I only listened to that because at the time it was like I think the year 2000, 2001. So I was in year ten. Yeah. So like hormones fucking firing off like no one's business. Yeah, yeah. So Tattoo. Got me in the mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Offspring, Americana. Was oh, like, yeah. Was like a, yeah. was it like a, that was a big album. It was a big album. Pretty Fly for a White Guy. Is that That's that the one. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, Walla Walla and all those other, all those other songs. Wacka, wacka, wacka. What's Walla Walla? Well, Walla Walla is a prison. Oh. And it's a song about prison. And the, and the kids. It wasn't like, just a guy going, wacka, 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 wacka. <laughs> <laughs> a waka waka waka. That's Pac Man. You're thinking of. You're thinking of Pac Man. Oh, the soundtrack to Pac Man. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Imagine that album. Just 25 minutes. Waka 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 waka. Well, Pac Man. Yeah. Here's another anecdote. Yeah. One of the first memes that I remember. Yeah. Was someone posting about, um, you know, because I remember the beginning of social media was the mid 2000s. A lot of that. A lot of that generation got into the rave scene. Yeah. They grew up watching Pac Man. And someone made the point of, you know, if video games impacted children, then mm-hmm. this generation would all be in dark rooms listening to dance music, chomping on tablets. And here we are. And I'm like, that's yeah. exactly what <laughs> that's exactly what people ended up doing. <laughs> well, maybe that, maybe there's some truth to it then. Mm. There's some truth. Tenacious D, tribute. Yes. 
I can sing. Well, actually, there's a, there's a, a theme through all of mine, and that's that I can sing probably every word to every song on these albums. Well, you can just, but you you, you just uh, pick up lyrics very easily. I do, but these ones are specific, like specifically, maybe not so much Americana, maybe not so much Tattoo, but Tenacious D tribute. I could probably sing that entire album yeah. word for word, as I probably could with. Go on. I feel like you yeah. and Tenacious D yeah. is all too perfect of a fit. Oh, really? Like, I feel like you and Tenacious D is. Um, <laughs> It's, um, I can just imagine that you – there's just a commonality, I guess. Uh, you have a very Jack Black type persona. Oh, you, your singing voice, you know, similar similar thing. I can just see similarities. I, li- I do like Jack Black. Yeah, yeah. He makes me chuckle. Well, he's a funny man. He's a funny man. And it, it was it was really hard to take him out of the top, to be honest with you. Oh, so yeah. that's just he. I shouldn't say him because it's got Kyle Gass as well playing yeah. the other guitar. Yeah. Uh, my other honourable is System of a Down, Toxicity. Again, very, very close to my top. Uh, top three. So the name of the album was Toxicity. Yes, Aerials, Chop Suey, Toxicity, X, Science, like all the all those like that Do you kind think of. There's a certain toxicity to the music. Oh yeah, that's what that's why I liked it. That's, <laughs> that's why I liked it. That was that was kind of like the the, the, the angstiness of my. The angstiness. Um, well, this is a point. This is a point because have you seen there's a, there is a documentary that's been released on Woodstock '99. You've mentioned this before, but yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah. and it's quite interesting because it was quite a strong reflection for me of mm. the gen- and I, one of my albums is certainly from that angst period. Yeah, a- as young men of that time, yeah. we really did get bombarded by massive corporations, mm. and this was the real beginning when when corporations started to conglomerate and become like massive media organisations. You yeah. know, like Fox and, yeah. and all that emerged during the nineties. Yeah. Um, we really did get targeted for angst. Yes. Just get mad, just get and just get saturated <laughs> with angst. There we did. You know, we looked at what Woodstock '99, and you realised just that that was the one. It was such an unhealthy. <laughs> was that the one funded by Limp Bizkit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Limp Bizkit and and this a corn, corn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, you can even argue Rage Against Machine was political. Yeah, it was, political. but you know, it was still yeah. backed by big industry. It was still full of angst, and it was a swamping young men with angst. With my list, I try to get a good mix because obviously the angst was a massive part of my high school. Yeah. I think any high school bloke or any high school, even girls True. even, different kind of, I think different mm. kind of in high school specifically. Yeah, we're talking from our own experiences. Yeah, yeah. You kind of market a different angst when you're a, a guy versus a girl, I would yeah. say. And But I also think that the, that period of time, the yeah. 90s and 2000s, wasn't as advanced by any way, shape or form socially as, we, no. thought, as we thought we were at the time. No. At the time we were like, oh yeah. Now we look back and we're like, God. Yeah. Oh, what's in my honourable mentions? Uh, I mean, I mean, breaking a bit of inside baseball here, but you were struggling with your top three before. You were only what you're going to put in, what you're going to take. Yeah, out. I was struggling because I guess the music has always been important to me, but also mm. different. Like it's just not; it hasn't been the same. I mean, Metallica, yeah, you know, Ride the Lightning, like a lot of those kind of albums. Um, look, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm-hmm. Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, mm-hmm. uh, Radiohead, yep, sure, you know, Paranoid Android, and that whole. You know, I was I was a teenager when those albums kind of came out. Cake, he's Cake. going the distance. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's going for speed. All that stuff. All that stuff. I won't. So I won't. I, I, you know, that's all I'm going to touch on really at the moment. What was it? I would probably also say um, Powderfinger. Okay. Yeah. Like I remember uh, International Internationalist by Powderfinger when that yeah. came out. Like maybe I don't know how I got it. It Was one of the first albums I really got my hands on, and I think it was the first time I had a CD play in my room. Right. So I got a CD, I like a CD machine <laughs> yeah. in my room and I, I think I got Powderfinger Internationalist and I just remember going to my room and just playing that album on repeat over and over and over again. I really like that album. Powderfinger are great. 
I actually went back and listened to some more Powderfinger. They're a great recently. band. They Fantastic. really are. Yeah, and that's a really good album. Yeah. What what is it, what was it about the nineties and early two thousands? You reckon about the spoken word songs? Because there were quite a few of them. Like like Cake mm-hmm. turned to be like mm-hmm. going the distance. Even like Bad Touch by Bloodhound Gang. Oh yeah, Bloodhound Gang. Yeah, yeah. Bloodhound Gang. Sweat, the roof is on fire. Sweat, yes. Baby yeah, sex, yeah. The Texas drop. Yeah. What's that song? That's called the bad. You touch. and me, baby, yeah. ain't nothing. Bad but touch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that song. Yeah, man. Uh, I would argue. Yeah, what would you argue? This is just on the spot. Um, it's me <laughs> contemplating it. So this is based on no real. But I'm wondering when yeah. you think about the progression. Yeah. That came out of grunge. Yes. And it was always commodifying. Also hip hop. It was like hip hop and grunge coming together, and in particular, white artists taking over hip-hop. Does <laughs> lazy raps? <laughs> doing lazy raps, but then also going into, like, the pop world. Yeah, like, yeah. you can kind of... And, and it was a very cynical time. It was. So what's yeah, more yeah. cynical and, and apathetic than getting up on stage and going, the roof, <laughs> the roof, the roof is on fire. Uh-huh. Like, it's uh-huh. of its time, yeah. you know? I'd be interested to show someone, like, from this generation. Yeah, yeah. Cake or well, I'm not sure who sings "The Roof Is on Fire." Okay. Blood hanging. That's the blood hanging. Yeah, get out of here. Okay, yeah, yeah. like showing them that, and they'll be like, "What is this? This is butthole surfers." <laughs> That's, if you really want lacon- like <laughs> laconic spoken word, listen to butthole surfers. Kitty and a fool and a wanna touch it. Oh, that was, um, That's not butthole. That's presence of the United States. Yeah. Weezer, Weezer. Weezer. That would yeah. actually Weezer would have to be an honorable mention for me for sure. Yeah, Weezer's good. Yeah. And look, I guess uh, at the time, I remember like um, locally, you had Red Jezebel, you had Jebediah, you oh had man, Grinspoon, you had those kind of acts. Leaving home, <laughs> life was never good to me. Leaving home, Regurgitator. I mean, I fucking love the Gurge. Yeah. I still listen to the Gurge yeah, now. Yeah. The Gurge are great, man. Yep. Australia, Australia it was, was a good time for music. Actually, it was a good time for Australian music. There was probably, I feel like there's, I feel like, do we have as many? There was a really strong Australian music scene. Right? Well, I remember like all through high school and you know even to early university. Mm. I used to get up or come home very late or get up very early, mm. and you'd have Rage on, and Rage would be be showing all of these like local Australian yeah. bands and Australian yeah. artists. A lot of the really obscure music that I've found through my time has mm. been through Rage at 3 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning. Well, that's right. And particularly as I got older and got my own car and started driving around in my own car, music changes with lifestyle significantly and with technology, right? So, like, my, my number three is going to kind of start at the beginning of high school and I'm going to kind of work my way through. Ah. But... Okay. A lot of the running theme is that how uh, technology and lifestyle shifts. Like, so for me, my music tastes and knowledge exploded when I got out of high school mm-hmm. because I was driving around listening to RTRFM, okay. which just exposed me to a lot of great music. Mm-hmm. I was going out and, and basically partying on the weekend yeah. and either waking up to or going to bed to rage. Do you know what I mean? Like yep. watching, watching rage and listening and watching music videos. Mm-hmm. Like there was no social media, there was no real internet that was readily available. I mean, there was internet, but not, not, not really, not the same. Yeah, not, yeah. not when I was an eighteen-year-old. No. So it was those. So you had to collect, like collectively, kind of gather around sources of entertainment and and, and access it that way. So yeah. radio and rage was huge. Yeah. What's the freaking show? Before then, there was an ABC show. Recovery. Recovery. Yeah. That's the one I'm trying to think of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Like, how much, like, that's how we got exposed mm. to art. And I would argue, like, now I've got more access, to, I've got access to everything. Yeah. But like I fingertips. Fi- but I yeah. feel like I've got 
exposure to much less. I think it's also it's almost because you have because you have everything at your of your fingertips. It's too much choice. It's too much selection. Mm. Back then, you had your recoveries. You had your rages to a lesser extent. Your video hits before it got really kind of commercialized. Oh, yeah. Video hits. Video hits. You know, but that was it. Triple J. Oh, Triple J, of course, as well. I'm talking about more the TV yeah, shows and yeah, kind of the TV yeah. kind of medium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Radio, you started radio, you had the RTRs, Triple Js, yeah, and all that yeah. kind of stuff as well. Yeah. But even those have changed now. Like, even Triple tri- Triple J, like, I... But this could just be the, the, the because of my age and how I'm, you know, I don't you know, relate with the Triple J music as much as I did anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I remember, I, I listened to the Triple J Hottest 100 the last few years, mm. and I have, for the most part, thought, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was one song a few years back. It was like number two, and it was just noise. Yeah, some dance, quote unquote, dance song. Yeah, even the one number one last year was. I, I honestly wouldn't can tell you. No, it just any of them for it's fifteen just years. So vanilla, but hey, you know maybe maybe we're just getting old and grumpy. Well, that's actually <laughs> quite possibly what's happened, man. We're literally two old men now sitting around like the kids these days. I said, we're, we're, back in my day. We're not even 40. We're not even close to old. We're not even close to old, but we're not 18 anymore. Well, we're not 18 anymore. <laughs> we're not 18 anymore. Let's move on to the Let's get into the list. Let's get into the list. So, um, so shall, am I kicking off today? Please do. Okay, sure. So, you've, you sounds like you've done yours by years through high school well i think that's how it's naturally that's how it's naturally ended ended up okay fair and enough. i just it only just occurred to me now speaking out loud that that's what's happened so mine mine kind of taken different aspects of my personality mm-hmm. so my number three ben harper live from mars oh yeah yep. ben harper is what i used to listen to when i was just trying to mellow myself out so after mm-hmm. a really stressful day, mm-hmm. I'd already started working at the cinema at this stage. So mm-hmm. this is probably towards my, you know, so 2000 when I was in year 10, I started my first job. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of influence from the older kids who were working there at the time, Sam and Sparky. Mm. And Sam and Sparky used to listen to your Ben Harper's, your Jack Johnson's all the time. And I remember listening to that and just thinking, man, this is this is all right by me. Like it's really, it's really mellow. It's like he's, um, Ben Harper is a, an amazing guitarist, an amazing mm-hmm. vocalist. And to have a, a two CD live album yep. that you can just put on, any song that came on, it would just be something you could listen to. The instrumentals, songs, because he, he had, had some songs where it was just, just guitar. Well, he did the cover of The Drugs Don't Work. That was the big one. That was massive. Off, the, off that album. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was, that was huge. Mm. Amazing song. Um, but he also had songs about you know love and about hate and about you know, prejudice and everything. So he had a really broad kind of spectrum of everything. But it all came down to it. So Life of Mars, I think, was split into one acoustic album, one electrical, electric guitar side. Mm. So he had like two, two parts to his set. And uh, I mean, I used to listen to that on repeat all the time. And I reckon if you put that on right now and started it from the start and played all the way through, all four hours of it, whatever it is, I reckon I'll give you every word, I reckon. Every word? I reckon. Uh, knowing uh, if any normal person made that claim, I'd be like, <laughs> you're fool. But knowing you, I'd say that's actually probably pretty accurate. I don't know why. Mm. I'm just, a, just a lyrical sponge. You just spo- you just sponge it up? Yeah. And it's a great skill for learning languages. Uh, well, and when I get to my number two, I'm going to tell you why, it's, I, why I have that ability. I think number two explains why I have the ability of learning these lyrics. Ah. It's kind of lame, but we'll get to that when we get okay, to that. Okay, we'll get to that one. <laughs> but I remember, because I was, you know, I remember that album. Yeah, that was a, a big album. It was massive. Yeah. yeah, and I, even even when I started like driving, so I had the tape deck. That the I'm not sure if you remember these. There was a little tape deck like. Thing. Not sure if I remember this. 
the, the tape, tape deck decks. that goes into the thing that <laughs> <laughs> it was a tape it was a tape deck that went into the into it was a tape that went in but it was at a wire that came out and plugged into yeah. your CD player yeah. yeah yeah so you could play your CDs through your tape deck yeah but that's what that's what it is I do remember those so I used to I, I got that album and to and from Subiaco to Fremantle every day mm. driving up and down Stirling Highway especially in the summer when the window windows down like the warm air coming off the mm. ocean. Listening to Ben Harper as you're driving home. Oh, I tell you, I'm very, I'm getting very nostalgic. Oh yeah, during this conversation, yeah. I've been getting nostalgic in general lately. Yeah, in particular, childhood was like a peak time. I'm like, God, I had a good childhood. Yeah, and now I'm getting nostalgic for like adolescence. Like I remember, I remember going to see like Armory and getting in the car oh, yeah. and listening to like Ben Harper. Yeah, and yeah, just driving around. Yeah, yeah it was cool. It was just chilled. Yeah. And I remember you came to Perth. You played at the uh, the Quarry Amphitheatre. Yes. Actually, that was one of my first concerts that I ever went to. Really? As an as, a, as an adult, uh, mm. was Ben Harper, Jack Johnson, mm. and I'm Jack Johnson. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So it really got me into that kind of that kind of genre as well, like Jack Johnson, Donovan, Frank, and Ryder. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, I used to go to the Blues and Roots Festival all the time. Yeah. John Butler, like, yeah. kind of really opened up that kind of yeah. life to me mm. of music, which mm. was really nice. Yeah. So yes. My number three yeah. is a little bit embarrassing. Uh, that's fine. Embarrassing is great. <laughs> and it goes back to year eight. Mm-hmm. It, I was thinking about this the other day. And there is a, there is a car alarm in the background, so people are just going yeah, to yeah, have to... Yeah, that, 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 that is, that that is true. And <laughs> um, Liam, yes. please. What? Uh, control your environment. <laughs> <laughs> We're in Northbridge, bro. I know. This is what happens so. in the inner city podcast <laughs> recording. <laughs> Oh, look, I'm just going to have to say it. Do it. So it was the Forrest Gump soundtrack. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and why I have fond memories of it is yeah. because I just find it interesting thinking back on it. Like at the time in high school, I never would have said that was one of my favourite albums. Sure. But I think of the whole kind of moment. And I remember, so I would have been 13 years old. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really discovered any cool music at that point. Sure. Film soundtracks still to this day have always been a great source of music for me. Like yes. a, a good soundtrack, you know, a good – I was just listening to the, the High Fidelity soundtrack just the other day, the TV show, which yep. is recent, and the movie from 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and they're both great soundtracks. Well, even going back to like, uh, last couple of weeks ago, you were talking about the first CDs we ever bought and you said that the, the Batman – The Batman Forever, Forever soundtrack, yeah. which when, in, when you look back at that album, god damn. Yeah. Um, so the Forest Gump Center, what I remember particularly about it is just having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. And I, I was just kind of bringing in, like, this was before I had a CD player mm-hmm. in my room. Yeah. I had a tape deck and a radio, but no CD player. Sure. And my parents bought the Forest Gump soundtrack. And on cassette or on? On CD. On CD. On okay, CD. Okay. So the only way for me to listen to it was to go into the lounge room, mm-hmm. close the doors and put the Forest Gump soundtrack on yeah, and I was fat and that's what I used to have to do. And I'm, it wasn't just the Forrest Gump soundtrack. There's a bunch of like albums, the Beatles, some some Beatles albums, things like that. That at that time, that's what I used to have to do. Sure, like there was no headphones. There was no going into my room. You know, at this point, like that was the only way I could listen to a lot of music was to go into the lounge room, mm-hmm. which was also a thoroughfare because the study was at one end of the house, and there was a bedroom at the and my parents' bedroom. Yeah, then you went through the lounge room. Yeah. Into the main uh, reception area and then into the... Into reception? The, into you guys had a reception, no, reception the little doorway and then into yes. the kitchen. Yep. So, like, uh, so I had to really, like, slide it off with these wooden sliding doors and sure. go in. Yep. That was the only way I could get any privacy. Mm-hmm. And just listen to the forest guard. So, you know, there's lots of um, happening tunes. So if I was to press you and say, what was your favourite song from the Forest Gump album? What would you say? It's from the scene where he's... 
He's still in high school, and him and Jenny are walking along the. Wait, so this isn't like a, a soundtrack like the Batman one. This is just the score. No, no this is a soundtrack. Oh, it's a soundtrack. Okay, so okay. Forest Gump's full of it's got it's got credence. It's got, oh, it's, got okay. it's, it's actually okay, a okay. really good soundtrack. So there's a scene when him and Jenny are walking down this dirt road and, and the car pulls up behind them. Yeah. And they start throwing rocks at him and he runs. Yep. And there's just like this really kind of funky old school kind of 50s guitarish kind of tune, like Pulp Fiction-ish kind of tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, oh, that should have been the soundtrack I chose. Because Pulp Fiction, <laughs> the Pulp Fiction soundtrack was actually a very similar experience. It's only just occurred to me. Yeah. In fact, I probably listened to the Pulp Fiction soundtrack more. You should make it number three. Just soundtracks, movie soundtracks, movie soundtracks in, 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 in my parent, in, in my family lounge room. You know, that's definitely. But like, honestly, yeah, and the oh, the Pulp Fiction soundtrack, like that, I'd do the same thing. I'd, I'd close myself off, I'd put on music, and I'd just sit there, lie on the couch. Mm-hmm. You're looking. Are you looking at the? I got the I got the Forest uh, Forest Gump soundtrack up here. You got Hound Dog by Elvis Presley. Yeah, kicks yep. it off the bat. Yeah, Fortunate Son, Credence. You yep. know, classic. Bit Bob Bob Dylan. Beach Boys, Mamas and Papas, you know, it's got a pretty, pretty got good the classics. Little... And it's, two, it's a two disc. Rebel game. Rouser by Dwayne Eddy, that's the one. Yeah. Dwayne Eddy and Rebel Rouser. Like, you look at this now and you're like, and Joan Baez, like, this is probably, you know, this was also a lot of the music I listened to really throughout my life. I've still kind of gone back and, well, and listened to older music. Which is probably why this is uh, sticking in your, uh, yeah. in your brain. And the Pulp Fiction soundtrack's exactly the same thing. Um, and I remember that, the Pulp Fiction soundtrack was huge. Like, as far as movies go, that was – this was when the soundtrack was almost as big of a part of – and the Batman Forever is another example. These are, the soundtrack was a big part of the movie's marketing. Well, I remember when my dad used to work in the cinema for, for most of my childhood. One of the, the press junkets he used to go to, one of the things he would always bring back – Soundtracks. Yeah. Always. But I'll say this. I'm fond for that experience of being in the lounge room, yeah. listening to the music – so it's yeah, more, more that experience of being it's like... It's the time as well, yeah. as the, as well as the music. Yeah. But it's also like, also when you're 13, like I wasn't exposed. Like I had two older sisters mm-hmm. that didn't, you know, they, they, I wasn't exposed to like cool music or alternative music at any point. Oh. So it was, it was, oh, oh that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> you know, my sisters listened to, listen to Take That. So, you know. What's wrong with that? <laughs> so for me, like some of these, this was the entry point for me to a lot of music was some of these soundtracks and the time and place. Anyway, not, there not, you go. Not, so that's not, my number three. Not to disparage Take That and a lot of that pop music because that pop music was massive through the mid to late 90s as well. Like, yes. Huge. I mean, you Spice Girls, you Take That, you Backstreet Boys, you Syncs. Yeah. So, you know, I was speaking before about um about like why I know words to songs. Mm-hmm. I think my number two is going to explain why I think I have a brain for that kind of stuff. Right. I I was never the coolest kid at school, but I was always a bit of a I was always a bit of a romantic. I was always trying to find you know you know I looked at all the cool kids that had the girlfriends and that kind of stuff, and I always I always really wanted that, but I had no idea. I had not the foggiest way. Like, I, I had no idea what, how to start even yeah. finding one, or so I would think. Okay, what would girls really like? And I thought, oh, girls like romantic stuff, romantic songs, and I'm sure that girls would love it if I knew all the words to romantic songs. Yeah. Yep. So my number two. Uh, is John Mayer, Room for Squares. John Mayer, Room for Squares. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So there's a whole bunch of songs in that album. John it? Mayer. Yeah. There you go. I know, right? Not, <laughs> not something that you thought I would have said for my number two. But that album I used to listen to um, pretty much on repeat when I was in year 10, in year yeah. 11, trying to learn all the words to it. Yeah. Because in my little confused mind, I thought that if I if I could sing this to some girl, then she'd just be swooned off her feet. She'd just be like, ah. Oh, this guy knows the words of John Mayer. 
He's singing me all these romantic songs. <laughs> My God, take me right now. It's surprising. Uh, it didn't quite work out that way. No. That's um, a shame. It, yeah, it is. It is. But there was, there's a song in there called Song for No One, which mm. is basically John Mayer just writing this love song. And to, to no one in particular, he's just writing this song because he wants someone to hear it and someone to notice him and, and, and come on in. I, that kind of resonated with me a lot, learning the words to these songs, hoping that someone would notice me. And that was kind of how I, my brain at the time formulated what meeting women was. Yep. Just walking up. Like, it was almost like a high school musical before high school musical was a thing. I'd yeah, just walk up yeah, and be yeah. like, high school musical. <laughs> and then girls would be like, oh, that guy. He's like Zac Efron and some shit. You were before your time, Liam. I, that's what, yeah, that's what yeah. I, I've been told. You should have joined the, the, Glee, the Glee Choir. The Glee Club? Yeah, yeah the Glee yeah, Club. I should have. There's, there's one song on there that's like really kind of famous from, from that album. Yeah. It was just on all of the, the – it was on Rage. It was on everything. Like it was in Because Rage used to do the aria like top – uh, the Aria f- top fifty and stuff like that. So yeah. songs that were actually in. But I feel like you know, like this was when you were listening. When because I'm a few years older, I'm three years older than you, yeah. and I feel like when you were at your high school era, yeah, I was at my peak alternative, rebellious, sure. rebellious like oh no, screw any mainstream stuff, mm-hmm. screw sport, screw mainstream anything, <laughs> like screw United States government, like you know, it's a whole bunch of. You say screw the United States government? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very political. Like, no, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 18 to, to 28. Well, you know, yeah, so I turned 18 when Bush got elected. I remember when Bush got elected. I remember September 11. Yeah, that checks out. You know, so I was a university student stud- at a, doing an arts degree. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the most politically angered people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so all mainstream stuff was just like, any, anything mainstream to me which was, was, was just te- terrible because it was mainstream. Yeah. I no longer have that attitude, but at the time I certainly did. So I didn't, get, I didn't listen to John Mayer, but maybe I'm missing out. Maybe I should go back and listen to it. No, I don't think you'll like it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some, 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 something that tells me it's probably not your... Uh, My cup of tea. Your cup of char. Your Body is a Wonderland is the song that I was singing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember your that Your Body one. is a Wonderland. I mean, I've heard that one. Yeah, uh, that's, the, that's the one song you probably heard, right? Yeah. But there's, a, there's another song on there that actually also really got me, and the song was called My Stupid Mouth. Mm. And because at the time, I just told this girl that I had a crush on her, and it didn't go mm. that well. No. And so the song My Stupid Mouth is all about... How did you put it? How did you actually... How did I put what? How did you say it? Oh, I think it was in embarrassment because someone else told the person... That I, oh. yeah, yeah. So it went well. <laughs> <laughs> it went well, but it, yeah, the song called "My Stupid Mouth" is all about like you know, mm. the, the words that "My Stupid Mouth" has got me in trouble. I've said too much again. Like it's yeah. this whole song about like how you know he wish he could just take it back and start again. Yep. You know, so it's it's a whole song. Like and then that kind of the reason it's in my number two is because it just kind of resonated a lot with that, that, that teenage Liam mm. looking for love, the hopeless mm. romantic that I was back mm. in the day. Mm. So not, not something that people would expect. People probably expecting some sort of like good music from the mm. time, like something yeah. like you were saying before. Like the Forrest Gump soundtrack. Exactly right. Mm. But you know what I mean, like the, the, the radio heads and stuff like that, the, yeah, 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 all yeah. those massive yeah. bands that were going through that time, yeah. like um, yeah. uh, Audio Slave and Pearl mm. Jam and all that kind of stuff, but which were, which were fantastic. Yeah. But in terms of, in terms of like what, resonated with me as a as a high school kid well that's the thing isn't it because it's interesting now when we're making this list what i realized was this was all this was all for me (laughs) um this was all for me over 20 years ago now yeah so like i listened to a lot of albums and a lot of music since then and during that time yeah what do i remember yeah you know like i was never i was never a musician 
and I, and music never defined me. Sure, it was always an interest and a pleasure, but it was never like you know I was never like a fanatic yeah, right. music person. Okay, in high school in particular. Mm-hmm. So like when thinking back at this list, it's more about like the context. It's more about the time of life. It's more about where and when you listen to things and how it kind of spoke to you and, and how it's linked to moments of your life more so than yeah the quality of, of music because it's just let's face it, there's a lot of great music. Yeah. From that time. There's oh. a lot of great music from all times. Like literally, we could have been here for 14 hours talking about the if, good music from that time. If the rank was best albums from the 90s, <laughs> it's a different rank. This was the albums that got us through high school. Yeah, but right? we haven't got time to rank, rank like Chumbawamba and Aqua and all that kind of stuff. We just don't have time. That's Aqua true. 65, yeah, that's true. all the classics. I mean, we'd have to exclude those because they're too, too good. They're too good. Too good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I want to... <laughs> yeah. My number two, number again, two. It's, uh, it's actually... It's a Triple J, Hottest 100, 1996. Okay. Mm. Who was number one that year? Silverchair. Uh, Spiderbait. Spiderbait. Well, I don't know if they actually put the albums in. in, the, in the, I don't think they put the albums in the number one, do they? I think they just put the... Number the, one is the album, yeah. The number one's the first song they, ever, they always put on the album. Oh, yeah, it is too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, right. oh, so yeah, looking at it, it definitely was. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So you had um, Spider Eight, Buy Me a Pony was number one. Number two. Number two was Tool, Stink Fist, Butthole Surfers, Pepper. Mm-hmm. That was the Butthole Surfers song I was thinking of. You know, you had you had Powderfinger, you had Prodigy, Breed, you had Weezer. Is there any better band name than Butthole Surfers? By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure there is. And Prodigy, Breed. I'm surprised wasn't up there in number around number one though, because that was that. Well, was- that's why I'm questioning that. I don't think Spider Bait. Buy Me a Pony was number one. I honestly, I'm pretty don't. sure Spider Bay did win one year, so it, it could be. That. Could have been that year. Yeah, you had, yeah, yeah. In this year, you had Cake, and look, I just remember like this. I discovered this album when I was just starting to expand my music taste a little bit. And so, '96, you would have been in year nine. Year nine, mm. and like it's got me thinking about the Triple J radio station and the Triple J Hottest 100 list. Yeah, from that era, and then it was legitimately huge, and there was really. I kind of feel like it's it has you know things have shifted, like in this gen this in this in this in this era, mm. like there was just a really distinguished because we didn't have phones and playlists and all this kind of stuff. Your music taste was literally designed around the radio station of choice. Sure. So if you were ninety four point five listener, yeah, you're old timey. If you were ninety two point nine, yeah, you were a current pop. If you if you're triple J, alternative, this was alternative. Yeah, you know and. I eventually discovered RTR as I got older. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I just think, like, when you look at this now, Jamiroquai, The Eels, Never Came for the Soul, mm-hmm. which is still, like, an all-time favourite for me. But I was going through, in general, like, the Triple J Hottest 100. And, man, there's some good art. There's some good. But what, what was it about this? Is it just the fact that the time of year? I think it was, was the time and I discovered it. And I think I had, at this stage, I had a CD play in my room. Yeah. And we had this... So we had uh, we did extensions to our house when I was in year six, right? And because we was in year six, my eldest sister Louise got the biggest room. Mm-hmm. Now, when I then got into year nine, me and my other sister Sarah decided that we got ripped off with the two smaller rooms. Mm-hmm. So we said, actually, you know, where was the process to give Louise the bigger room and for me and Sarah to have the, the smaller room? So we took it to the family and we agreed that we we're going to do a lucky dip. <laughs> yeah. I got the number one pick. Uh-huh. So I got the big room. Uh-huh. So I remember just like the big room was the first room I started to set up as like my room. Sure. And I remember I had a CD player in there and I remember discovering the Triple J Hottest 100 and it just had a lot of cool music and I just like, I just remember listening to it again in that private space of my room. 
Um, and just, I don't know if where it was, it resonated. And, you know, for me at that age, like I probably wasn't the, the most popular kid in school. Yeah. So when I was at home listening to music, in my head, the narrative that I was forming made me the cool kid. Do you sure, know what I mean? Sure, because sure, sure. of the music yeah, yeah. that I was listening to. But isn't it funny how you say that, though? Because that's what I was thinking when I was listening to John Mayer. Yeah, yeah. And how yeah. wrong we were. How, well, I was 100% correct. And you were. Because the, the good thing about these um, these kind of albums as well is because they give you a, a much broader mm. broader kind of variety of the, the, the zeitgeist at the time, of the, yeah. of the music and what was, what was popular. Especially Triple J, I find. Like, it's like a time capsule. It is like a time capsule. That's what's good about going back. Like I don't, I've actually just found, so in, in, in this preparation for this, I found the, the listings. They've got the archive of all the hottest 100s. Oh, I know that, yeah. And you go back and you're like, okay, so the next year, 97, you had Blur, Song 2, Chumba Wumba. Um, but you also had Radiohead, you yeah. know, Paranoid Android. You had Marilyn Manson. But it is, but it's the time, like, it's taken me back. Like, then you go back to 90. I'm trying to find which one is but the better forget, one. Don't forget, though. 90- like, here's, here's 95. You got Oasis. Number, Wonderwall was number one. Number five in 1997, don't forget, was Pauline Pants Down. So don't get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. No, no. Um, no, I don't. Never did. The Verve, Bittersweet Symphony. I mean, no, 97 was a good year, aside from Pauline Pants Down. Well, don't, um, don't, don't be discrediting Pauline Pants down. She was massive. The good thing about the Triple J top 100s is the fact that they do have such a really, they have such a really broad variety of those yeah. quote-unquote alternative songs yeah. of that kind of era, yeah. which is funny because looking back at them now, you'd almost think of them as being mainstream. Like, 100%. I mean, they're, like, big, they're all big bands. Like, Spider-Bait, probably not. Yeah. Like, I remember Spider-Bait, but most people probably wouldn't. Australians yeah. would. Australians would, but international people wouldn't. No idea. Tool, everyone knows Tool. You yeah. know, Ben Folds 5, everyone knows those guys. Rage, yeah. Radiohead, The Verve. Exactly. Like they're all, they are all mainstream. Yeah. But at the time, they weren't Mariah Carey or Celine Dion. That's right. Or, or, or Take That or The Backstreet Boys. So it was kind of cool to listen to that kind of stuff back then. It yeah. It was kind of like the Triple yeah. J. I remember yeah. Triple J being intrinsically cool. Like, because my cousins used to live, my cousins were about a few years older than I was. Yeah. And they used to listen to Triple J all the time. They were the first ones to get me into Silverchair, Frog Stomp. They got me into Green Day, like um, Dookie. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Like albums before, I was, like when I was in primary school. Yeah. You know. But Triple J, like kind of, they always had those Triple J Hottest 100s there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was cool to listen to them. It, and, and like, but you're 100% right. Mainstream cool, but yeah, cool. And you really formed your identity around the music that you listened to. Do you reckon Triple J was mainstream cool back then? I thought it was. Yeah. You reckon it was? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like in hindsight, like in hindsight, yeah. But when, yeah, but let's face it, but when you're a 15 year old kid. Yeah. What do you know? What do you know? <laughs> Nothing. And like, unless you've got an older sibling that's yeah. exposing you to more alternative stuff. Yeah. Or you're an, like, a, like a really rabid musician that's hunting down things. Yeah. You're only going to get exposed to, well, I was only exposed to stuff like that through those broader channels. Yeah. Or if you had like a real specific interest. And that's yeah. certainly a thing. Like people do, you know, like there's probably, I think a lot of people listen to this and think these are fairly mainstream choices. But for us, I mean, for me, it, was, it wasn't. At the time, it was the alternative, yeah. accessible scene that I was kind of getting into and enjoying at the time. And that's fine. In, in high school, I mean... In high school, I think there's, there's, two ty- there's two sides to it. It's what you think is cool, and mm. then it's what you think everyone else thinks is cool. Yeah. And you're trying to find yeah, that balance yeah, between yeah, what those, yeah. two, those two things. But as an adult now, I look back at these lists, and I actually, I feel like a lot of this stuff is good music. Like, it's all, it's like I like it. Oh, yeah. I still like it. Oh, oh yeah. Mm. And that, I mean, that's just probably why it's on your list still. And, and that's the one thing that as you get older, mm. you move beyond... Well, I had, well, definitely went for a phase where anything mainstream was crap music. Sure. 
Now I listen back to some of that stuff and I'm like, actually, this is a good song. Yeah, yeah. It just wasn't aimed at me, but yeah. this is a good song. Isn't that funny though? Because um, like, there is that kind of inherent want to dislike anything that's considered mainstream. Yeah. But yeah, then who, yeah. what that is is different to every single person. That's right. But then some people want to, some people want to enjoy that. Like, for example, Kanye. Never understood it. Yeah. Never understood his music. Don't understand why. But he's created this brand that people almost have to, to say he's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know they what I mean? To, they have to respect his so-called genius. Correct. Yeah. We've had those kind of artists all the way through. Yeah. All the way through time. You know? I can't think of you from the 90s off the top of my head. Do you like Radiohead? I don't mind Radiohead. Yeah. But, but would you say, would you unequivocally say it's genius? Because no. a lot of people would go, ah, oh, genius. Sure. I love. I'm probably. I love it. I love Radiohead. I don't think I've listened. They're to one an, of my. I don't think I've listened to enough time. Radiohead to make a decision either way. Yeah. Okay. Surprisingly, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I, I know the idea that Radiohead and Tom York are supposed to be like this, like musical geniuses. I've, I've it's, heard it's, that. Which is what I'm saying. It's similar yeah. to that Kanye type. Of exactly right. Type of um, they've got that or the Beatles. Never understood like, the Beatles. Like, I never understood them. I've never enjoyed the Beatles over over. Like I don't think it's bad, but I've never listened to the Beatles and gone, "Yeah, this is genius." Wow, this, uh, that's some silence well, right there. Well, yeah. well, there you go. Yeah, I've, I've never understood the hype behind the Beatles. Like, I've never understood the Rolling Stones. I'm the same. Never really understood it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the pure volume of what both bands produced. I mean, yeah, I didn't get it. Yeah, but that's fine. That's me. There you go. Yeah, I can yeah. tell that I've offended you in some way. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. I probably would just argue that. Um, that no, I can't argue anything. But maybe I would say that the, the Beatles are the Greatest band of all time. That's what you, from the from the sheer volume of amazing quality songs that they've produced. Oh, they just turn the music up really loud. Yeah, they turn the music up really loud. But like, there's a there is a, and that's the thing. But you can have a one. You can be a one hit wonder. Sure. But to pull it off, 20, 30, 40, 50 times, which is what those bands kind of did at the time. I mean, yeah, one hit wonder fifty times. No, as in like, like as in like, like, yeah. like cause classic songs, sure. classic songs. Well, I guess that's, I guess that's the thing though. Like, like I listen to a lot of those classic songs from the Beatles, and I'm just like, I just don't, I don't hear what it is that it's like that's so fantastic about it. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Like I can listen yeah. to Hey Jude, and I'm like, okay, it's a, it's a song, it's fine. Yeah. But you know, obviously, it's a massive song that you know is 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 played literally mm. millions of times a day. But you've probably been oversaturated by it. Well, I don't buy a lot of it. Well, I think I've actually avoided the Beatles for the most part. Mm, mm. I mean, that could be the, that could be it as well. Maybe I haven't delved deep enough into their back catalogs to really get a good feel for what they are. Mm, mm. Same with the Stones. Same with you know a lot of other bands. You know that I'm sure that I consider. You, you know my feelings on U2, for example. Yeah. I don't like U2 at all. I think U2 no, are me neither. Shit house. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I liked I liked their earlier stuff, but like I don't really on reflection and looking at the the the. the the gross product. Yeah, they've lost a lot of credibility here today, haven't yeah. they? Well, it was it was that it was that Apple thing. It was the Apple thing. It was. Anyway, we, we've and it was hola, <laughs> un, dos, tres, cartotes. <laughs> Fuck off, Bono. Learn to count. Learn to count, you idiot. Jesus. Um, I'm going to say fourteen to be cool. Oh, anyway, <laughs> number one. Let's move on. Number ones. Oh, yeah. we're to number ones. We are to number ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is I'm, I'm entering my angsty man period again. Okay, and this one I feel formed that part of my personality. Mm. Like spoke to me in a way that a lot of other music didn't at the time, and that was a uh, hybrid theory by Lincoln Park. 
Link, right. Linkin Park's first album. So I would have been year 11, year 11. So I was in that kind of... Pure angst town. Yeah, pure angst town. <laughs> you're 15, 16, you're trying to work out what the fuck is going on with your life. Yeah, yeah, you're like, yeah. what am I doing? Where am I going? I'm nearly finished high school. I've got to try and work out what I want to do after this. Am I going to yeah. go to university? I'm going to do yeah. this. Girls still don't like me. I'm still getting beaten up, you know. <laughs> I wasn't getting beaten up. That's, that's, not, that's not true. Oh. Paul Liam. <laughs> What's Paul Liam going to do? Lincoln Park. Mm. Put it on. Crawling in my skin. These wounds, they will not heal. Chester, just pouring his heart out to everyone. Rest in peace. The, um, Has he passed away? He unfortunately um, committed suicide not too long ago. Oh. He, I think he was going through a lot of stuff. Like He, he obviously felt that his entire life. And you can hear it through his music as well. Like yeah. He had that, a lot of pain through his through his, through his um, singing and stuff like that, and yeah. his words. And, and as a 15, 16-year-old, when you're going through that change and that life change, it really kind of stuck with me. Resonated. Yeah, you would have you would have been well been well into university by this stage, mm. or a couple of years into university. Mm. So it probably wasn't on your radar in terms of like, no, I know, no. definitely moved past that kind of stuff. But this was in my peak snobby periods. That's so. right. So you're yeah. like, Lincoln Park. <laughs> I'm, <listening to> that <laughs> shit. I'm above that. Uh, but no, but like for for me as as in that part of my high school year, yeah. like. And again, this is another album you could check. Wait, was this 1990? This would have been 2000, 2001, right. I would say. So maybe even 2002, Lincoln Park would have been, which is like my, the end of my high school tenure. Mm. But I think a lot of people, a lot of men from my high school, or boys at the time, would would, would go back and say that if, the, if you're going to get a, an album that was going to get you through high school, this was probably on that list. Right. Most boys' schools, I reckon. Yeah. That you, you you spoke to. I can imagine uh, what what school did you go to? Trinity. Trinity. I imagine Trinity College would have been rife with Lincoln Park. Oh yeah, it was a, it was a, it was. A, How low was everyone's trousers? Belts down to the butt cheeks. No, nah, it wasn't. We weren't quite that cool yet. Oh, now you're thinking. Maybe that was a thing. We weren't allowed to though, mate. We were a Christian brother school. We had mm. to be t- we had to be tucked in and and looking good all times. Mm. Otherwise, you get a, a, a text to the head. Texted to the head. There were a few teachers who still did that. A bit old school. Free texts it. No, no, they literally hold the texture and whack you across the. <laughs> really? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Can't do that anymore. No, we couldn't do that then. <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> there was a few people who turned the eye the other way. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, 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 I do. But I think that's kind of what also fueled those kind of desires to listen to <laughs> angry music because there was a lot of expectation, especially at those schools where. When you go to those Christian brother schools, those private yeah. schools, all boys schools, uh-huh. there's a certain level of expectation that you're meant to hit. Yes, right. So you need to find that outlet f- somewhere to release this mm. this pressure. Mm. And a lot mm. of the times that came out through angry music. And mm. it just happened at the time. Linkin Park was like that one. Um, what are kids? What, what are people doing now though? Because like, why were we more angry than other generations? Because oh, we're not. People, people were angry. Yeah. No, we're or, not. but that there was a lot of angry music at that time. Well, there's angry music now. But it was it was huge. Like all music, like it was all big. It was all angry. Lincoln Park, Corn, Limp Biscuit was the big. They were the biggest acts in the world. Yeah, but then you had, and it was fueled on angry, angsty young men. Yeah, but so primarily, the, you also had you had your Backstreet Boys, your NSYNCs, and the Ultras and all that kind of stuff, which yep. is the complete antithesis of that. That's true. You know, so and then you had the kind of middle grounds, which was your Cakes and your Bloodhound Gangs and stuff like that. It wasn't all angry. You know, your new hooligans and the Weezers and stuff like that. There's a good mix of everything. And as oh, there was still other music out there, but yeah. I'm just saying it was very big at the time. It was very big. Angst and Anger was very big and popular. Like, I this, think was, this was Fight Club that came out in 99. But you know yeah, what? This was that generation. I think also because the music back then, the angry music was actually kind of good. I think that's probably why it sticks out more than what it does today. 
what's even out there. Like from a popular, I'm sure there's angry music out there. I'm sure there's metal. I'm sure there's all sorts of stuff. Well, I mean, you've got your, your you bring me the horizons and stuff like that, which is which is pretty heavy, really kind of like death metal screamo. Yeah, I, I shouldn't yeah. say screamo for for bring me the horizon fans will kill me for saying screamo. It's not screamo. What, I don't even know what screamo is. It's screamo form of music. Oh, oh, screamo is a mixture of screaming emo. That's kind of like your um oh, your screaming you know, emo a- AFIs and stuff like that. And him scream. That was that was more your 2005 to 2010s. Okay. Okay. Now now it's oh, correct. Oh, 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 oh. Perfect example. <laughs> come on, motherfucker, come on. Have you heard that? This was um the that Thomas, was that was the Tom, Thomas, Thomas Tank, Tank Engine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you have you heard the the Thomas the Tank Engine crossed over with uh what was that rapper that got killed in the nineties, the big guy? Notorious B.I.G. Yeah, have you heard the mix between uh Thomas the Tank Engine and B.I.G.? No. Oh, do you know what? No. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to chuck this on. Breaching copyright? No, that's no, fine. Who's going to sue us? <laughs> <laughs> the estate of Biggie Smalls. Release the brainstorm to make your motherfucking brain warm. A strange <laughs> <laughs> How good is that? That's very good. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. But no, so, but, but Lincoln Park back in the day to bring it back to finish up my number one. Lincoln Park was one of those one of those CDs I could put on and listen to the entire thing from start to finish, and yeah. the whole thing would just 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 hit me from from everything from crawling mm. from oh one step closer everything oh, yeah. you say to me so paper cut was huge one step closer was huge like all the all those songs on there were just like massive well speaking of anger oh my number one is also about the anger I'm intrigued to see what your anger is though. My anger is raging against the machine. It is raging, raging against the machine. machine. So it is political after all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was the biggest band for me of definitely later teenage years mm-hmm. was Raging Against the Machine. Yeah. Um, and it started with Raging Against the Machine, but it, you know, I just tracked all their albums. Mm-hmm. Um, as I went into my formative years. So which, um, al- which album came out when you were in your, uh, in your high schools? So Raging Against the Machine, yeah. like the Raging Against the Machine album, came out in 1992. Self-titled. Self-titled. Uh-huh. So it was before I was even in high school. That came out when I was in primary school. Let's have a look at when they released their albums. Because for me, I think I got into, I rediscovered that album. Yeah, but you can, you can still like like the albums in high school that were from like 1992. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So me and all, because a lot of that, a lot of this, what me and my mates listened to was also all the early Metallica stuff. Yeah. Rage Against the Machine. Um, they were like pretty big albums for me and my friends mm. throughout high school. So you had... Evil Empire released in 1996, and I think it was the Battle of Los Angeles in 1999 in particular that came out, and that probably got my got my attention, you know. And he had a few tracks there, but that brought me all back to that that first self-titled album. And that's been the most consistent Rage album that I've always listened to. But I think I really identified with Rage, particularly out of high school. Like I first formed the interest in high school, but then out of high school, like when I was 18, 19, 20, like I've Fairly political, yeah. You know, reading Noam Chomsky and, and watching documentaries this around Nic- so Nicaragua and, and and Bush was elected and, and yeah. all this stuff. You know, I freaking hated and Fox News and mm. you know I was just 
It's hating the- corporations and capitalism and you know, coming like a little commie, a little socialist, <laughs> you know? and and looking at, and just you know, going out there and going, you're all sheep. I'm smarter than you all. Was kind of legitimately how I thought of myself at the time, mm-hmm. and which I which I think is what a lot of people think when they're at their age. You know, when you're younger and you, you do think like you generally know, <laughs> like you're onto something that's never been done before. And then as you get older, wisdom comes by realizing how little you actually know. Right? Well, I think I think that's an interesting actually look into our different personalities though mm. because like you're very very knowledgeable about, about that kind of stuff i've kind of i'm not sure if I purposefully or subconsciously kept myself pretty ignorant to it all mm. not completely ignorant like i'm still really on board with a lot of the the social things that are going on at the moment but i'm not as in depth with it yes and I, I don't think i ever went through that stage like you're describing now where you're like you're like really into those kind of um those those movements and those ideas and you know, the rebellion and stuff like that and when i, when I look back at it though i realize that like at the time, I thought I was alternative, yeah. and I thought I was a free-thinking young mm. anti-capitalist. Yeah, and then I realised, you know, that we were totally marketed to be that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like when Battle of Los Angeles came out when yeah. I was seventeen. Yeah, like this was all like they knew we were against the system, so the system made stuff for us, yeah. which satisfied those whims. Um, and it was just, you know, it was just what we were marketing. It was the it was algorithm the mo- before the algorithm was. It was the algorithm before. It was the, hey, that's right, that's yeah. right. And we just all bought into the movement of it. Yeah. And I guess that's why now in reflection, like, there's, and that's why I had a, and for me, Lip Biscuit and Lincoln Park, and it's interesting that here we are all these years later, mm. Lincoln Park on one side and Rage Against the Machine on the other. So I was quite critical of Lincoln Park and Lip Biscuit. Sure. And I thought Rage Against the Machine I wouldn't was put those the, two in the same in the same vein, by the way. I think they're very they're very different, yeah. but they're kind of they were kind of capitalizing on the same moment. Sure, you know, like I feel like Rage was a really quite key man yeah. in in literal Rage music, like literal Rage rock. I think, and, and Limp Bizkit and Lincoln Park and Corn kind of sprung out of that stuff, as well as you know you had Slipknot and you had all you know you had yeah. that fresh metal heavy metal scene, but yeah. like there's the the angst. Like, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, that still resonates today, I think, with, with, with people. I, I love rage. I love the people who think that rage is, like, some sort of, like, it's not about what they think it is. Like, they don't understand that it's, like, super political. Yeah. Like, I've seen, like, a lot of the right-wing people who are using Rage Against the Machine as music for their own things. Yeah, 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 yeah. And even, like, yeah. what's what's the um Tom? Tom, Tom Morello. Tom Morello. And Zach De La Rocha. Is just, like, are they, like, you, Tom Morello went to like Harvard, yeah. you know, and Zach the Rocha is like a like a like an activist. Yeah. Like you know, he went through Central South America and yeah. like got involved with like polit- politics and was really quite outspoken on quite like significant issues and, and really promoted like yeah. really promoted um, U.S. imperialism in Central South America. Not promoted it, but really promoted the fight against it. Yeah, you of know? course. Yeah. And, and 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 looked at kind of working class revolts up against it. I think it was quite as part of the identity of the band. Yeah, but as part of what they're into as well. I think it was even quite recently, even like I'm talking like Trump recently. Yeah, where they had to come out and be like, you know, this music isn't for you. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you listened to what we're saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you fucking idiots. I feel like that. Like, like almost every band had to do that for Trump. Fans. Yeah, like, they're like, stop using our music. <laughs> born you, born in the USA is not about being born in the USA. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the words you've. Morons, <laughs> and what's what's funny is that I've also lost so much of any of the knowledge that I had at that time. I've just kind of lost it all. Yeah, you know, it's not the same. 
Well, I mean, like, like you said, it was 20 years ago. It was 20 years ago. It was 20 years Like, ago. I'm coming up next year to my 20 years from high school as well. So this is not exactly like... Yeah. Which kind of makes me feel old in itself, the fact that hybrid theory is 20 years old now. Yeah. The Tenacious yeah. D tribute is 20 years, 20 old, years now, old now. Plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Time's these... moving. Isn't it just? So where's the angst for people of our generation? Uh, which are like, we're angsty because we're getting old. Well, I think that's that's what music is, though, right? Music is your your vice to that kind of things. You're not un, you're unsure as to why you're angry about something, but you find solace in something that's sharing that same yeah. that same idea. Yeah, and that's what music always has been. Speaks to the emotions it, in any emotion, not even just angry. It could be like like I was saying before, love. my John Mayer, my love, my lovey dove side, my yeah, mellow yeah. side with, with Ben Harper. Like, well, when you're feeling forlorn, what's better than listening to some forlorn music? Exactly right. You know, well, exactly. how many how many how many great songs have come from a broken heart? Most of them. <laughs> Including <laughs> Lincoln Park, Limp Biscuit, and Raging Against the Machine. It's actually it all not, started when, yeah. you know, they got rejected in high school. That's it. That's everything. John Mayer, especially. <laughs> especially John Mayer. Oh, yeah. don't, don't research John Mayer, what's happened to him in, in life. I think he's got quite a bad rep these days, Liam. I don't care. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't impact <laughs> what the music meant to you at that time. Not at all. No. Not at all. I mean, look, and like I said to you, I think a little while back, like I think if you go back and look at some of your favourite artists from even like 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is now, right? It's, hey, you're going to find something. Forrest Gump still stands out. It does. <laughs> Especially that soundtrack. I think yeah. that's a good, a good place to wrap it. I think a we've, good, a good top three. We've, uh, we've, we've gone through the, the range of uh, the gamut of emotions. Yeah, yeah. I think we're two, we're two, we're two men of a similar age and similar back, like, like middle to upper class backgrounds, aren't we? Yes, uh, we, and we, we came of age at the same time. So yeah. I'm sure uh, our, there's, there's there's some synchronicity between our lists, and I'm sure there's there's a lot of other people out there that have different different types of top oh, threes, the albums they got from high school, and we want to hear about them. We do want to hear about write them. Write them in. That's right. On that note, we had a couple of great write-ins, and a couple of people sent us some pictures of sandwiches. That's right. Last week's episode. I did see that. Did you see that? Thank you, Dan. And there was also uh, uh, Jazz. Jazz, yeah, she's getting in touch. Yeah, yeah, she said, well, but Dan's sandwich, I want to shout out Dan's sandwich, um, which was the Christmas pudding sandwich, which I must admit made me very, very... I- Hungry, you know, it kind of it's kind of akin to when you were talking about your uh, your, uh, your I was going to say crystal ham sandwich, your leg ham sandwich, your <laughs> like it's kind of like that, that after Christmas kind of put together, wasn't it? Like it was like a three stacked kind of oh, all yeah, the meats yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And jazz, I mean, jazz uh, called out some classic sandwiches: the bacon and egg toasty with the barbecue sauce. That's classic. Actually, my brother also for told me, yeah, my, my brother also said he was yeah. like, we're talking about this. He was like, bacon and egg wrap, surely on there. I was like, I didn't actually make a mention. He was very it's upset. It's got to be. I mean, and I, I, I kind of agree with him. Like it's a, and it's a classic. It's a go to sustain the list, the test of time. And Jazz, under, Jazz agrees. Well, she had some. But well, then she had some controversial choices. Mm. Fresh cut banana and sugar in baked bread. A curried egg sandwich. I, I, or tuna and beetroot. Tuna she, beetroot. She kind of lost me. And we respect all sandwich choices here. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Uh, I do love a good egg sandwich. Curried egg is great. You're a curry egg. Oh, I love curry egg. Actually, uh, before your picnic the other day for your birthday, yeah. I smashed a curry egg from the IGA across the road. I would argue that curry egg has some similarities to the katsu, which you, which you, um, you know, katsu curry. Mm. Curry, it's a curry flavored sandwich, love right? A, love a curry. No, it's, that doesn't surprise me. Does yeah. it? So, so yeah. thanks to uh, for those uh, folks that wrote yeah. in, and please do write in again. We'd like to hear more. This is what we're about, about. albums. Uh, yeah, I'd love to know. Albums albums. I'm actually, school. I'm actually really, really excited about yeah. the high school album. So, if you do have any. 
thing to add. Mm. <laughs> Please let us know. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's the kind of interaction we want to get, guys. We want to get you guys sharing your ideas for your lists. What, what were your three favourite albums when you were coming through high school? Yeah, for sure. Even, share, them, share them with us. Three years between us two, like we said. And actually, I would actually argue that our lists are very different, like where we, where we went, you know, even just those three years apart. Mm-hmm. Three years before, six years before, if you were born in the 30s, 40s, 50s, the 2010s, actually, if you were born in the 2010s, probably not listening to this. If you are born in 2005 <laughs> and you're now like 16, 17, what's your angry, angry music now? Because we actually have no idea. Yeah, I want to find out what angry music is these days. Yeah. I want to find out what angry because I'm 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 quite fascinated with like eighties music and eighties music. I think was more depressive. Oh yeah, like, there was like the new the, wave. The it new, was the new wave, new Vogue. The, the Cure, Nick yeah. Cave, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Like that was more depressive. Yeah, grunge. Yeah, seventies was just like heroin rock, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. I bet you had like Alice Cooper and stuff yeah, in the yeah. edge. Like yeah, well, we want to hear we want to hear about it all. Music is fascinating. I fucking love music. Mm. It, 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 there's so much to learn from it. In every generation. So we would love to hear your thoughts. But I think that's it for, for this episode of That's Rang. Rob, any, uh, any final thoughts before we uh, wrap this one up? Just that um, if you're out there and you're feeling angry, yeah. just know that it's okay to go into your room, put on some music and scream at a wall. That's right. It's better than going out and, and doing something stupid to someone else. And it's better than calling up me and saying, oh, I want to get some stuff off my chest. I'm feeling angry. I'm like, I don't have time for that. I'm only joking. I'm, being, <laughs> I'm only joking. It's like the quasi um, joke. The quasi it's joke. It's kind of a quasi joke, yeah. kind of not. Like if you were to do that, I'd be there for you. Thanks, um, But you know, I'd have to know you a little bit first. Otherwise, just please go listen to some music and, and you know, stare at a wall, yell at a wall. Sometimes you just want to stare at the wall. Sometimes you want to punch the wall. Sometimes you want to make love to the wall. That's right. Depends if John Mayo is playing or not. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening this evening. Until next time, you take care. 